All right, so today um, I'm here with uh, Susan Edmondson, and uh, this is Karen Ponichel, uh with my very first podcast. Uh, welcome, Susan. Thank you. Hey, so tell us, um, I hear you're going to Houston. What are you going to be doing in Houston? Oh, probably going crazy, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, seven classes and two sampler forums I'm doing, so... Um, Trying to pack all those kits and stuff and ship and everything has been a total nightmare. But anyway, I think I've almost got it ready. I just got to figure out how I can get some clothes there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may be wearing everything. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the uh, the classes that you're teaching. I'm mainly doing hand embroidery this year. Um, I've been doing a lot of little small pieces like prayer flags or little tiny art pieces that can be hung on a little hanger or, you know, a stick, a twig, whatever. Mm-hmm. But mostly I'm going to be teaching hand embroidery, and we're going to be doing extreme hand embroidery using a lot of stump work techniques. We'll be doing some beading, embellishing, and we're just pretty much going to embellish anything we can get our hands on. Oh, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. What's your, um, like, what's some of your favorite stitches to do? Uh, I love doing the Pico stitch, which is a three-dimensional stitch that kind of looks like a flower petal or a lizard tongue. It's a little pointed stitch that sticks off the fabric. And I also enjoy doing the drizzle stitch. Uh, Neither of these are hard to do. They're actually really simple to do, but they're just fun. And then I, I love French knots, so those are just basics. But there's a lot you can do with them that adds to a piece. And you can make flower centers with them. And on my website, I have some example. I have videos of me doing some of those stitches. So it's um, you can check that out if you're wanting to. Okay, great, great. Um, I I saw on Facebook um, some of the samples uh, that you were showing. Are you um, uh, one sample that I've seen or other work that I've seen is your are your houses? Are you doing? Are you going to teach any um, little houses? I am. I'm doing the Little House on the Hill. That one will be on Sunday before I leave to head back. But that one's really fun because you can make it kind of look like your house or you could just, you know, make a little flower garden in the front yard with all hand embroidery stitches. And we'll be doing lots of techniques of what I consider scrunching the fabric and then stitching it down. So it'll be somewhat three-dimensional. But they're about mm, probably... Six, seven inches wide by like maybe nine, ten inches at the largest. Okay, okay. Do a lot of people kind of get that? Uh, can they complete that in one um, one of your classes or get just about all the way done? Pretty much. They don't have, they don't usually have the backing um, on it yet, which is also including the binding because I just do a little simple technique for that, and that's always something they can do on their own. But they pretty much get the rest of it done, or at least they have started every part of it, and then it's just a matter of finishing it. And most people do finish those. That's one thing. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, start a big quilt, and, you know, before you know it, you're tired of it, and they just don't get finished. And at a big show like Houston, it's kind of hard to take it all in and remember everything you learned in the class also. Right, so. right. 
Um, I think uh, you and I met uh, a long time ago at the uh, the Charlotte Quilters Guild, and I think I remember you doing the uh, the block of the month that, um, and I remember like taking your um, your uh, patterns. Um, are you going to have any? Uh, are are you still doing patterns? And are you going to have any patterns in Houston? Yes, I will have patterns in Houston. Um, some of them will be in the booth, Fiber on a Whim. They're carrying my, some of my patterns, not all of them. And, yes, that's kind of where I got started with doing patterns, which was doing the block of the month for the guild, because it was kind of like, okay, well, I can draw that. I can do that. And it just kind of evolved into whatever it is now. <laughs> right, right. Well, back then I noticed that um, I, when I was looking at your style, it was kind of like a, a folk arty style, and now it's kind of, uh, kind of transformed. It's uh, I don't know how would you how would you it's describe it? It's a little it? more whimsical now. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more whimsical. Um, still with a lot of attention to detail. Even when I do machine classes, I'm very detail-oriented, like with machine applique. I love doing very detailed applique, and it needs to be precise. Uh, I love the kind of the ratty and the ragged look, but when it comes to like the hand embroidery or whatever is done on the machine, that needs to be right. So I think there's a good mix of the two. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's good. That's good. What kind of uh, what kind of uh, threads do you like? Um, like with uh, when you you sew, you like you do your machine quilting. What kind of thread do you like uh, when for machine quilting? I like the Wonderfeel Tootie and the Wonderfeel Confetti. Those are my favorites. Mm -hmm. I love that thread. But for hand embroidery. I like the hand-dyed threads, such as the painter's threads, which are named after famous artists. Those are all hand-dyed in Germany. And I also love the fiber on a whim threads. Theirs are hand-dyed also. They will actually be at the show. And I will have my painter's threads for sale in the classroom, and I'll have some of the fiber on a whim threads also. Oh, that's but good. Those are all hand-dyed, and they're all um, color-fast, which is very important. A lot of the hand-dyed threads I've discovered are not color fast, and right. that's kind of could be a problem right. down the road. Uh -huh. And with um, I, I know I've bought some of your um, uh, threads. Um, tell us a little bit about um, like the, the, the different widths of uh, some of the threads, the, the thicknesses. There's, I use pearl cotton, not floss. Floss comes in six strands. That makes me crazy trying to use it. <laughs> but I use pearl cotton, and it comes in different sizes, and that means the thickness of the thread. So size 12 is the finest, which gives you little tiny, delicate stitches with tiny details, and a lot of times that's really what you need. And then size 8 is a little more of a standard, slightly larger, which also gives fine detail. And then size 5 is heavier, which gives you a little bit more of a bulky look, a more dominant look. And then size 3, which is the heaviest in the hand-dyed threads, is very chunky. So if you need to do big French knots to fill in something, that's the one I'm going to go to because it's going to fill in quick and it's going to give you a big, chunky effect. Mm -hmm. So I like using all of them. A lot of people say, oh, I only use one. You know, I only use size 8 or I only use size 5. Well, I use them all. Mm. 
Right, because they all have, they all, you all get different, you get a different effect with each one. Right, like I was doing some of the um, Sue Spargo um, birds, her bird dance pattern. Mm -hmm. When I work on those, I gave them eyelashes and I used size 12 because eyelashes are fine and delicate. But then when I did their tail feathers, I wanted size 3 because I wanted that to be big and chunky and I wanted it to show up. So all on the same bird, I would do all the different sizes. Oh, okay, okay. Any particular uh, needles that you like? Yes, I use chenille needles. Size 22 works for almost everything. It's a little bit small for size 3, but it works fine for all the other threads. Mm -hmm. And then I also use the Milner Number 1s, which is a really big needle. I call it a big-ass needle. Uh -hmm. (laughs) It's really long and fat. But a Milner needle is, the eye of the needle is about the same diameter as the shaft of the needle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it goes through the, anytime you've got to pull stitches off of the needle, such as the drizzle or a bullion, you need to be using a Milner needle. A chenille needle, the eye is kind of fat. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I um, broke a needle the other day. I couldn't believe it. It's like the first time I've ever done that. I broke I broke one. I was doing yep. some hand work. I've done that a few times through with the eye. The eye breaks on some of them. Yes, that's exactly what happened to me. The eye broke. I was like, I couldn't believe it. And I got the actual, got the eye out of the fabric, and then it was very strange. I'd never done that before. Yeah, that is a weird feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So what else, um, uh, what other projects are you uh, going to be, uh, like, are you thinking about doing, like, in the future? Um, like, next uh, your next projects anything that's kind of up and coming well, that i'm still working on my garden girls i love doing those those are photo transferred images and then there's lots of um hand embroidery with those also and each one has a different flower okay. i've done those with photos of my mom or me when i was little and those are just really fun to do they're they're actually kind of different and they're very personal um so i've taught a number of classes doing those also right are you still doing books i remember a while back you were doing um you know books and other fabric kinds books, of books yes mm-hmm. i still love doing fabric books and any pretty much any of my little prayer flag things could be turned into a book mm-hmm. um one of my newest projects i've been working on is called seeds and pods and i've actually done it as prayer flags and they are um, there's a, well, right now I've got a series of six, and I'm actually teaching this at the art gallery and the art guild in downtown Concord, and I'm also teaching it at Quilters Loft in Mooresville. But it's they're like seeds from nature, so I look for all different types of seeds and then try to reproduce that in fabric and embroidery, hand embroidery, mm-hmm. without really starting out with an exact pattern or something like that but i've really enjoyed doing that one that one's been a lot of fun cool um talk to me a little bit about like photo transfer i've been interested in doing some of that um i have like some old pictures of my uh, my my mom and my dad what what do you like and what are some tips that you would tell us um the biggest tip i would say is buy the best photo transfer sheets you can buy Mm -hmm. you can actually do your own but i've heard horror stories of that you know jamming printers and i don't really want to have to go out and buy a new printer 
Yeah. So what I've always done, I used to buy printed treasures all the time, but mm-hmm. I had a little bit of trouble with it the last time. Uh, the best success I've had is with the EQ printables okay. and also the Jacquard um, photo transfer sheets. Those have been awesome. Oh, really? Yes, and they do one that is called Extravaganza. So it's Silk Organza on, and you transfer your photo to that. And when you do that, then you can put, so it's see-through, and but you still see the photo image, and you know it's sort of like a shadow. And if you put a light uh, print behind it, like a polka dot or a stripe that's not super bold, then you see that design as a background for that photograph, and I do like that. Oh, okay, okay. Um, there's uh, tap paper, which you can do. Also, the only downside to that is is you really need to mirror image it on your computer before you do anything, because if not, your word, if you have words on a picture, oh. they will be backwards. Backwards, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, this jacquard transfer um, uh, paper, is it a paper? It's paper, right? It's a, it's a fabric that has paper on the back of it. Oh, okay. It, so it'll run through your printer. Oh, okay, so you run it through your printer. So you can yeah, take... and then you take the paper off. Sorry, oh. I didn't explain that. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. I have a, um, uh, I've always, you know, I've always got a project in mind. I don't know about you, but. Oh, everybody uh, does. Yeah. I've, got like, I've always have like 10 in mind. So it, they, and then they get muddled with something else. So, right. But, you know, eventually they all happen or if they don't, they're there for a new idea. Right. <laughs> Later. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, do you, um, what, what are the other things you do? I know you do lots of other things. Do you like painting on fabric? Um, uh, I like painting on paper also. I like watercolors. Um, I don't really do acrylics and oils. I've never really gotten into those since college. Mm -hmm. And so, but I really like watercolor. I like the effect. I like the sheerness of watercolors Mm -hmm. and I like painting on fabric to make it look like watercolors. Mm. What do you use to, to do that? What? Either the Karen Dosh wax pastels mm-hmm. and a textile medium or ink tense pencils, which I'll also be doing the ink tense pencil demo in the sampler forum um, class. It's like a mixed media sampler forum that I'll be demoing, I think, for two hours. I'm not really sure about okay. that one yet. Okay. It'll be, it'll, <laughs> I'll know, I, I know. What I'm doing, I just don't know how long it's going to last. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, speaking of the ink tense pencils, have you ever tried um, uh, using rather than just water instead of water using like aloe vera gel? Like a, I have, and, and that works good. That does, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit. So by using that, it doesn't bleed out quite as bad. Oh, okay. And what I mean by that is when you put the water on it, it doesn't just migrate out through the fabric and then blur your image mm-hmm. it stays a little more clean and clear in fact i'll be showing that at houston also oh, okay. okay yeah yeah i just um i just tried that just a little bit on on some like a little tester and i did thought that like was it? yeah i did i did and it seemed like it was um brighter i like more vivid colors and i know you like more of a a modeled kind of um uh look yeah. Well, yeah. you can get either by whichever kind of fabric you use. 
if you use a pure white fabric, it's going to be brighter. If you use a, um, a beige, like linen type fabric, it would be, you know, a little more dull. Oh, okay. Okay. So. Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. All righty. Um, let's see. Uh, what other, um, any other classes that you're teaching that you um, haven't told me about? Well, uh, as soon as I get back from Houston, which will be uh, next Sunday night, I leave the following day for Georgia. I'm teaching at the Tacoa Quilt Fest, mm. um, or Quilting in Tacoa, I think she actually calls it. Anyway, it's a, um, most of the week. It goes from Monday through Thursday down there, and I'll be teaching the Little House on the Hill down there. So. I have students that have taken my classes down there numerous times, so it's kind of like we all get together and hang out down there. It's really fun. It's a fun event. Okay. So it's cool. um, just right in, just across the South Carolina border in Tacoa, Georgia, which oh, okay. is not terribly far to get to since I'm driving there after flying in from Houston the night before. Oh, well, <laughs> probably be tired. Probably yes, be tired. I may be tired. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Uh, I've got to I've got to get all that back together by Monday afternoon when I get there. Oh right, right. Um, let's. Well, that's that's about all I can think of to um, ask you for right now. Let's see. Thanks so much um, for talking with us today. Um, I'll put some information in the notes part of the podcast. Um, but your uh, what is your website address? My website is SusanEdmondsonDesigns.com. Okay. Well, th- and my last name is spelled E-D-M-O-N-S-O-N, one D in my last name. Okay. All right. That gets very confused at times. Okay. Okay. Thanks.